1: the prevention and treatment of heartworm in dogs and pet poison awareness that's what's on our show this week let's get started
0: hey do you hear that what is that it's the bark heard round the world the doggy diva show here's national award-winning author and animal advocate susan marie
1: Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian Greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the d o g g y d i v a dot com. We love hearing from you, so go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There
2: is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio.
1: back everyone to the Doggy Diva show. I am here with Monica Layton, president of professional pet sitting with our pet tip of the week. And Hey, Monica, one thing that I think that as a, a pet parent that I have a concern about, and I, I always like to learn more about because it's so prevalent is heartworm awareness in our dogs. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Absolutely. So heartworm disease in pets can sometimes even be a fatal issue. Um, It's very, very important that all of our pets and our pet owners know about heartworm disease, no matter where they live. Um, Some states, they recommend year round heartworm prevention. Some recommend it seasonally, but no matter where your location is at some point during the year, you need to know and be educated and aware of heartworms and all the damage that they can do to our pets. So for today, I wanted to start out with our dogs because dogs and cats can be a little different when it comes to treatment and preventions and stuff, heartworms. So today we're going to really talk about our dogs. And for dogs and heartworm disease, okay, so heartworms are a worm that, and it's a long spaghetti-like type worm. They're plasticky and they live in the heart and they can also live in the lungs. Heartworms can live in our pets like six to eight years, and the female heartworms will reproduce and have babies, and the young stages of the baby heartworms are called microfilaria. Now, the way your dog will get heartworms is from mosquitoes. So mosquitoes can transfer the the microfilaria larvae from dog to dog. So, for instance, you can have a heartworm-positive dog, and the mosquito bites that dog, takes a blood meal, and then flies off, and that can be transferred to other pets, to other dogs, to other mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. So, that's how heartworm disease gets spread, and it's through mosquitoes. You can have dogs that are indoor dogs, and they can still get heartworm disease because mosquitoes have the potential of getting into our homes. Um, so it's not a situation to where, oh, my dog is pee pad trained. I don't think he's ever going to get heartworms. We have, over the 23 years that I've been at the animal hospital, we have had multiple heartworm cases. And a couple of those dogs were dogs that were paper tray lined, that were P-pad trained. Um, the little guys that people don't even let go outside and get into the grass. And they're still coming in with heartworms because where we are in Florida, heartworm mosquitoes are Mm -hmm. everywhere (laughs) and they are for a long period of time. So I just want to make sure that people are aware that anywhere that there is a mosquito, your pet has the opportunity to get heartworm disease. So it's not something that's just for outdoor animals. So heartworms can cause a lot of damage within our pets. Um, Of course, because they live in the heart, they can cause heart failure, but they can also cause lung disease. And heartworms, they they base your heartworm disease and progression on where you are symptomatically and also what your worm burden is. So what they do is if you come down with heartworm disease, there's different ways to treat it. There is um, first, gonna, they're going to run a blood test. They're going to make sure that... The dog is heartworm positive. A lot of the blood tests are done every year when you go in with your vaccines. Um, So most pets that come in for their annual visit, their checkup, their vaccinations will have a heartworm done every year to make sure their pet is heartworm free. Even if they're on a heartworm prevention, it is recommended the pet is tested once a year. You definitely want to know there can always be failures. We have some dogs that come in and the clients will call us and they're all upset because they are cleaning out their couch cushion and they found three of the heartworm pills that their dog happily took out of their hand and (laughs) ran with to go, which they thought lay on the couch and eat or go to their bed. And later they're really getting in those cushions and find like the little stash (laughs) that was saved for later. And they call, oh my gosh, you know, apparently, you know, she hasn't had it in like two, three months. I found three of them. I don't know how long they've been there. <laughs> Things can happen. So, you always, always want to just double check, make sure that your pet is tested once a year at least to make sure that they stay heartworm free. So, the blood test that is taken tests for microfilaria in the dog's bloodstream. Okay. So, that means that the pet, to get to that microfilaria stage, that that heartworm had to have been inside the pet's bloodstream for four to five months. And the reason Mm -hmm. I talk about this and why it's important is because when you have a dog that came from a rescue and you do not know the background of, or you have a new pet that's coming to a home, even if it's a puppy that you have gotten somewhere, but let's say the puppy is a little older. If you do not have a heartworm history, You want to make sure that you are retesting. Okay, so what you would do is you would test the dog initially. So let's say you go out and you adopt a dog or you get a dog. You make sure that the dog was tested for heartworms. If that dog is negative, you want to get them on a prevention right away. However, you want to follow up generally about six months later to make sure that that dog is still heartworm negative the reason you're doing this is not because you want to make sure that the heartworm medication that you've just given is working. It's because you want to make sure that if that dog was recently infected, he was recently infected when you got him, Mm. that you're not missing a heartworm positive case that just has not been in the bloodstream long enough to show up on the test. So if you don't follow up with that secondary test, And you just follow up the year later, you could have a dog that is progressing into a larger worm burden. So the longer that, the longer the microfilaria is in there, it turns into adult worms, which then begin to reproduce. And the more damage that can be done to the heart and the lungs because it's been in there longer. So that's why you always, when you initially start treatment, you always want to do your first initial test begin your prevention, and then retest roughly around six months later. That way you can make sure you're going forward in a truly negative manner. So signs and symptoms. When we talk about heartworms, sometimes pets can go asymptomatic, meaning that they're not showing symptoms or they're showing very mild symptoms. So they've kind of classified symptoms into four levels. So you'll have like your class one to where it's very mild symptoms and they may have an occasional cough. And then you get to class two where they have mild to moderate symptoms, such as an occasional cough, but then they also become more tired. Um, They're kind of more tired, more worn out after just a moderate activity level. So if you notice the pet is slowing down a little bit after activity, and they're having a cough occasionally, um, that could be class two symptoms. Our class three is more severe symptoms, just as um, the pet can begin to appear just not right. They can appear to be starting to become sick. They have a more consistent cough to where it's not every now and again. It's sometimes more prevalent. It's, it's more frequent. Um, they're beginning to get tired after mild activity, just running around the house or very light activity, they're becoming very tired. They can show signs of panting more, having a little bit of difficulty breathing. And that can be starting signs that they're getting into heart issues because of the worms. Um, Some of these class two and three symptoms can even be seen in chest x-rays. So at that stage, when they take radiographs, you can almost see heartworms at times in the heart of the x-ray. And then we have our class four, which they refer to as cable syndrome. So this is a heavy worm burden that the blood is flowing back to the heart and being physically blocked by the large mass of worms. So at this stage, it's becoming life-threatening and... They would literally have to go in and most likely surgically remove the heartworms at that stage because that's really the only option because it's too risky to do the regular treatments and surgery at that stage is risky as well. I wanted everybody to know the different types of symptoms. That way, if they see any of those from mild to moderate, you're definitely getting in and having your pet checked and you know what to look for. So let's talk preventions. Heartworm preventions vary. And this is where I feel like a lot of pet owners can become confused because there are so many different products on the market. I mean, you can walk into a vet's office sometimes and become overwhelmed with all of the different options you have. And they have all these different options because all pets are different it's just just like people they all have their own things and sometimes getting prevention into them can be easier by injection or it can be easier by a topical dose or it could be easier with a beef chew so they have different versions to make compliance super easy it's not that one is greater than the other and in some cases they are there's different stages of what medications cover But because there's so many, I like clients to really be aware of what they need to ask their veterinarian when they're choosing their heartworms their heartworm prevention. And the number one reason that clients get confused is with some of the combos out there. And over the years, medicine has advanced so much to where you can do your heartworms, your internal parasites, your fleas, ticks all in one. So a lot of clients will get accustomed to doing one to a month, and that covers everything. Or they'll get accustomed to doing drops on the back of the neck that do everything. And if for some reason their vet is recommending a different product, or there's a short supply issue with manufacturers, and for some reason they're switched to a different product, that new one may be only heartworm or maybe only flea tick. It may be something that you have to purchase two items to get the same coverage that you used to get in one. And that's where I see a lot of pet owners get confused at. And they'll come in and purchase, um, for instance, like Brevecto, which is a topical flea and tick or a chewable flea and tick. It comes both ways. And they think that their pet is covered for heartworms. And they're not. They're indeed just covered for flea and tick. So that's why I wanted to really go over everything with everybody so they knew what to look for and what to ask. So heartworm prevention can come in, like I said, the three different ways. There is an injectable heartworm that is called ProHeart. ProHeart comes in two formulas. It comes in a ProHeart 6, which is essentially a six-month duration. And then there's an injection that's called ProHeart 12 which comes as a 12-month duration. So the cost is pretty much the same. It's not any cheaper to get the 12 than it is the 6. It's just how often you have to go into your veterinarian to get the injection. So if you have a pet that you have a hard time putting something on the back of the neck or you have a hard time giving them a chew and actually getting them to eat it, and also for the owners that have a hard time remembering to give the prevention every month, injectable could be a great way to go. And the reason they have all that formulas out there, all the different options, is because heartworm disease can be so detrimental to a pet's health. They want to make it easy for every pet owner to be on prevention. So that's why they make it in so many different variations. So that way, if it's easy for the client to do and keep up with, then more pets will be on it. Secondly, they have their shoes that are strictly heartworm. So you're going to have a heart guard, interceptor. There's, there's a bunch of different ones out there. The main thing is when you go into your veterinarian and they recommend a medication, make sure you're asking what it covers. Number one, if you are in an area where you don't see a huge flea and tick burden, maybe it's winter season up north, you want to make sure that your pet is bare minimum covered for heartworm prevention all year round. If some people choose to not do flea and tick year round, then go with something that is a strictly heartworm medication. Heartworm medication also covers a lot of internal parasites, which is great. So a lot of them will cover your hookworms or your roundworms, your tapeworms, things that they can get from the soil. So definitely when you talk to your veterinarian, make sure that you Check and see what the medication's covered. Make sure that you know the duration, how often you're supposed to give it. And for example, like when you do the chewables, like your heart guard, your interceptor, when you're on that once a month chewable, a lot of people also get confused with how that works. So it's when you give that heartworm on the first of the month or whenever you do it, you're actually not killing the heartworms for the next month going forward. What you're doing is when you're giving that medication, it is killing the stages of the heartworm going back. So a lot of people get confused thinking, okay, well, I got this new puppy. Um, We're going to get it on and it's going to be good. Well, you're going to be kept inside. We don't need to worry about it. We're just going to get rid of what it has, um, get it on a prevention. You definitely want to stay on everything long-term. So... No matter where you are, no matter what the activity level is, whether it's indoor, outdoor, whatever, you want to be in a heartworm year round to prevent heartworms.
1: I think too with that, and this is the really important part, consistency. We do a chewable, but you can't not give it. You have to keep giving it month after month after month. It's the consistency.
2: Absolutely. And they have like apps that you can get on your phone that can remind you once a month. It'll pop up a little alert don't forget to give your, and whatever the product is, a lot of the different manufacturers of the medications offer kind of stuff like that. Um, whatever the product is, if you go to that company's website, you can sign up for alerts and they can send you like a text once a month or an email once a month to remind you when to give it on whatever day you choose. Um, like I said, there's the app download. They have a lot of different things to make it easy on people because, I mean, I work in a veterinary office and I have to rely on my app to tell me when to give it because I will forget. And my dogs go to work with me every day. (laughs) Yes. I mean, when you're in a regular day-to-day routine, some things are not on the top of your mind every day. You know, everybody has a busy life and they're going about their routine. And when it's only once a month, you think, oh, first of the month, I'm going to remember to do all this stuff. Well, that isn't always the case. (laughs) So just know that there's help out there. There's a lot of things you can do to kind of set up what you want done, what you want that date to be every month and go from there going forward make sure they're tested once a year, make sure they stay on a medication and your pet should stay healthy.
1: That's great information. You know, I mean, I've been doing this for so long and and I happen to like heart guard with mine. They aren't out a lot, but I believe that the heart guard works best. Plus they eat it. Some of the other ones I've tried, they'd be in my cushions, but they eat it. So, yeah. So, but it's the consistency.
2: It is. And it's different for every pet. Mm -hmm. Um, Like my guys, for example, I am on Interceptor Plus. Interceptor Plus is similar to HeartGuard, but it covers one additional worm, which is tapeworm. Now, with the pets on a flea and tick, that shouldn't be an issue, but it just depends on what people like and what, and honestly, there's a lot of them out there that you can choose specifically based on cost. Mm -hmm. You know, and your veterinarian should be able to help you with that. Should be able to tell you what it covers. Is there a generic? Is the generic as good? Are you seeing issues? The other thing that I like to remind people of also is the guarantee. So, and I'm not saying that the product is not good, but if you get into a situation where your pet is on a heartworm product, Heartworm products are guaranteed from the manufacturer. So if your pet has been tested and they were negative for heartworms and they're put on a prevention and you've purchased enough to give it every month and the pet gets heartworms, the manufacturers will cover the treatment for your pet's heartworm because they are guaranteed products. Yeah. Now here's here's the here's the fine print on that. You have to purchase those products from Vernarians. If you do not purchase that product from a veterinarian, you lose your guarantee. So for example, if you purchase a product from like Chewy or PetMeds, Chewy or PetMeds may give a guarantee and reimburse up to a certain amount, but it is not going to cover your entire cost of heartworm treatment. And that's your difference. So I tell people if that is something that they are concerned about and they want to have the guarantee for the manufacturer's a lot of veterinarians have rebates that they that are given to veterinarians only because of the price difference. So veterinarians cannot always buy in the large bulk that pet meds and chewies can purchase in. So if you purchase from a veterinarian, then if you go to the websites, you can get rebates sent to cover the price difference between. Getting a discount somewhere and getting a different price Mm -hmm. at your veterinarian. That's why you'll see a lot of differences in pricing. Um, Also, if you check, a lot of veterinarians have online stores that come directly set up through the distributors. And oftentimes on those online stores, you will get the same pricing from other online stores, but it's purchased from a veterinarian. So you have that backup guarantee. So if the guarantee is something that you are concerned about, just know that where you purchase the medication from
1: is an issue. And that's good to know. I mean, because I don't think that a lot of people are aware of that. So that's a very important point.
2: Absolutely. And again, it's not that the medication is some, some distributors directly will sell to a lot of online distributors and then some do not. So, if the online store can not purchase through a veterinarian or cannot purchase through a distributor, then you often wonder how they get that
1: product. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: you know it's yeah. purchased. So it's just finding out the specifics when you order things. But I always like to tell people about the differences when we talk about heartworms in particular, because people will have the assumptions that they're covered. And then sometimes find out later they were not. So I always, there, there's no judgment anywhere. Like you purchase from wherever you're comfortable with. As long as your pet's on a prevention, that is the number one goal. But I just like to make sure that everybody is educated so they do not get in a situation later to where they feel like they were covered on something and then they're not.
1: As usual, you bring us this great information, and it's very, very helpful. And it's also very timely. We go into the season, whereas we're in Florida, so it's always this way. But in some of the places, whereas we're coming into the warmer months, I believe that this is very important information to have. Not only the symptoms, the prevention, the care, but also... When you purchase you know your heart prevention or tick and flea, whatever it is, if you get it all together, make sure that you work it out with your veterinarian on how that is going to happen because it may be something that has to do with, like Monica said, a guarantee. So there's so many things to keep in mind. And also, like Monica said, too, there are apps that could help you. I have a thing on my calendar that I just put in every month. So I have that. But however it is that makes it easy or makes it so that you can do it consistently, that's what's important. So, Monica, as always, great information.
2: Thank you guys so much, and I hope everybody have a wonderful, wonderful week.
1: Thank you. You too. We'll be back in just a minute. Hello, everyone. Susan Marie and Miss Olive here to tell you about the award-winning three-book series, The Doggy Diva Diaries. It is a trilogy of heartwarming and inspirational stories about Miss Olive, a lonely little rescue pup, hoping to find her forever family and friends, and a life filled with love. In this series, Miss Olive learns that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, it's the kindness and love you have on the inside that counts. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online booksellers. And please visit us at thedoggydiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, some of your household products could be poisoned to your pets. We'll identify them next. Stay with us. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food.
0: Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. As with all pet parents, my fur kid's safety is first and foremost so important to me. And with us today to share helpful and timely advice on pet poison prevention and awareness is Kim Gablin, Chief Marketing Officer at Bill Jack Foods. Hey, Kim, welcome back.
3: Hi, Sue. Thank you for having me on. You know, this is a really important topic. We're, we're always talking about what dogs should eat, but it's also important to talk about what dogs should not eat.
1: Absolutely. And I think I told you that a couple of years ago, I put out something for animals in her yard which Mm -hmm. we had a big storm and it washed into my yard we didn't even know where it came from and all three of my girls suffered from the poison she had so it's something that can be very that people aren't even aware of so that's why this is so so important why is it such an important topic because we just went through what i went through but for pet parents to be aware of this
3: yeah well you know I think that we take for granted all the things that are around our, our, our dogs and cats. So it's important to kind of be aware of what things can go wrong and, you know, what might be happening. And you, you know, if you're seeing your pet act, you know, strangely, it's important to think about what, you know, what's going on. Because like you said, you may not even realize it, just mm-hmm. like what happened to your girls. Um, you know, if, if you know what's going on and you can react quickly, um, the, the more quickly you can do that and you know what happened, then the better off an outcome you can have with your dog. So it doesn't necessarily have to end up in something tragic. Uh, you can really make a big difference in, in, how, um, in how they respond to whatever they get into.
1: Now, what are the top toxins that pet parents should be aware of in their house, in their car, around their home that could be dangerous for pets?
3: Yes. Well, you know, one of the ones that I'd like to talk about that people just kind of take for granted is the medicine and vitamins that we take. Um, certainly, you know, you don't intend to give them any of the things that you're taking, but, um, if you drop one while you're taking them and your dog happens to be around, that's how a lot of dogs do ingest medication. And so, um, or, you know, occasionally you can get a dog who gets a hold of a pill bottle, you know, and choose it open or some, you know, a box of medicine. But it's really important to be able to kind of keep that away from them. Or, you know, I always encourage people to uh, take them somewhere where your dog isn't. You know, so if you take your medicine in the morning, maybe you take it in the bathroom where, you know, the dog isn't. Or um, you make sure you do it before you get the dog um, out of their maybe their crate or wherever they sleep at night. Um, So being able to be careful about that is very important. You know, things like uh, you were just talking about rodent poison. Um, certainly you've had some experience with that and thankfully everything ended up the right way right because you were investigating it and finding out what it was and, and trying to figure out what happened i know that one of the people in my on my team she had a puppy who also got a puppy had the rat poison downstairs in the basement puppy went down to the basement wasn't really thinking about that puppy looked sick um very shortly after that and then they realized oh no there's rat poison downstairs so in the garage it could be it could be in your basement so you want to be really very careful about that rodent poison when you have any kind of dogs around you know and we We talk a lot about, um, you know, food um, that that isn't good for dogs. You know, we talk about chocolate, the darker that it is, the worse that it is. Um, Certainly grapes, raisins, currants, wine. Um, They, for some reason, contain an unknown toxin, those grapes and raisins, and that can really damage your dog's kidneys. So it's important not to give them um, those kinds of things. Um, Even an apple core, you know, while the apple is fine, um, apple seeds contain a form of cyanide. Uh, which can be very poisonous to a dog and and to any anything so you really want to make sure that they're not eating apple seeds or the apple cores um you know if they get in the garbage those kinds of things um you've heard me talk about uh blizzard and uh he's he's always been a curious dog (laughs) and so he um one time got into my aunt's purse during a party and ate a whole pack of sugar-free gum so sugar-free gum uh, often has an ingredient called xylitol and uh, it starts with an x and it's a very dangerous, um, sugar-free additive for dogs because they can't metabolize it. So even a couple of pieces of, uh, gum, because he's only 10 pounds, could kill him, right? So he, so we noticed right away, saw a wrapper on the floor, noticed right away, called the emergency vet, went immediately to the emergency vet, and, uh, he lived to tell about it. But it's very important that, you know, that can be in sugar-free candies. It can also be in, um, things like peanut butter. So you need to make sure you're reading the labels if you're giving them any kind of food that you're eating to make sure that there's nothing um, nothing on there that would contain xylitol. Um, certainly, there's other things like um, even glow sticks and hand warmers. Um, oh. Those are things that, you know, we have around the house sometimes are coming out for, you know, maybe some of the holidays and the kids may have them. But they can, some of them can have toxic, um Glow material inside them that can make your dog sick. So you want to be really careful. The same is true for hand warmers. I know for those of us up north, um, that can be that can be a challenge. If your dog gets into those, you want to make sure that um, that you get them to the doctor right away. Uh, I think you and I have talked about this at least one other time, but fabric softener sheets.
1: Yes, those and be, I, those- I got to tell you, after you told me that, I totally have changed the way that that I do. My laundry, so that was stuck in my, that, and the xylitol has stuck in my head forever.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you don't want to use fabric softener sheets necessarily if you're like washing your dog bedding. You know, you should try to avoid that. But you know, we used to think it was funny when the dog used to run around with a fabric softener sheet. You know, take deal one out of the laundry or whatever and run around. But that's not good, right? That's not a good thing. It could have some material on them that could be very dangerous and chemicals. So you want to be very careful with that. And then. Also you don't want them to eat it. because mm-hmm. so then that could become an obstruction um in their in their gut, right in their stomach. So so it's real important to be able to, to watch that as well. And then you know there's a lot of um outside plants that can be dangerous too. You know, things like uh, azalea and tulips and daffodils, some of the daylilies. And I think um there's is it sugo pine that's or is it a sugo palm? Yes. I think palm. very dangerous yep. it's down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that your dog's not getting into, you know, into something like that as well. If you, if you have those kind of plants, you might want to keep them in an area where maybe they're not in or um, making sure that you're cleaning up if they're shedding, you know, their flowers or their leaves uh, to make sure that you keep that area clean. So there's just, I mean, it's really funny. I think it's crazy that how many dogs do just fine most of the time. But, um, but there are a lot of things that you do have to be wary of. And, And of course, knowing what they got into is really important so that you can, you know, then uh, give that information to
1: your veterinarian. And that's so important. And that's sometimes it's really hard to do because you're not quite sure. I had to like deduce it and call the guy over, I said, is there something in my lawn? And he said, I could tell you, he went next door and he saw exactly what happened from the storm. It came in and the girls were just Mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't, I didn't know. I know. I don't have anything like that. I don't even let anyone come in our yard to do the pesticides, you know, for the lawn Mm -hmm. and stuff. We, we do everything that's all natural ourselves. And so I was like going, "Mm, that can't be, he goes, no, I know where it came from. And I went, Oh my goodness. But it's like kind of being a detective. You have to be aware.
3: Well, and that's a very good point. So you really do have to be a detective and try to figure out like, where were they? What happened? What could they have gotten into? So sometimes there's just not any evidence right left after they've gotten into something. So, so it's really important to kind of be aware uh, and try to keep those things away from them in the first place.
1: Can you think of a few preventative measures that we could do to keep our pets safe?
3: Yeah. You know, I I think it's very important to be able to look around the house, you know, um, and, and think about the things you can dog proof, you know, so Certainly moving breakables or things that are chewable to higher ground. Um, you know, keeping your dog away from, you know, things like electric cords, um, blocking off any areas of the house. It could be, you know, even just, um, in those cabinets safe by putting some child locking device on them so that, you know, your dog can't open the uh, doors to something. Great idea. Um, you know, that's, that's half the battle. Um, and like, you know, like I said, taking your medicine someplace. Different or special, so that you're not taking it in front of your dog, so that they might be able to get that pill before you find it. Um, so that's really important in case you drop it. Um, and then, you know, uh, last but not least, having um, you know a poison prevention number available. You know, there are several of them that are online that you can find, um, and you may want to put those in your um, in your phone. Some of them do have a charge if you call them up. And then, you know, uh, we always talk about having your emergency vet in your mm-hmm. emergency phone numbers, right? Yeah. I always. In case of emergency, that ICE vet, I always put that in my cell phone so that I know where my emergency vet is, um, the closest one to me, and I can call them, you know, whether wherever I am, right, whether I'm home or whether I'm out on a walk with Blizzard, um, it's easy to be able to find that emergency vet and be able to call them and ask them
1: what to do. That is so important, Kim, and we've talked about this. And that's another thing that I did after we after after we finished our interview, because normally you have it stuck in a magnet on your refrigerator, mm-hmm. so that you have the emergency pet number. Well, nine out of ten times, the emergency that happens may never happen in your home. It could happen when you're out taking them for a walk. It could happen when you're out somewhere taking them out in the car or something. So it's it is so important to have that loaded right into your phone, and and also that pet poison prevention because that is very, very important because you never know when you're going to need it.
3: Yes, yes, absolutely. And and I think, you know, um, and you always need it when you don't think you're going
1: to. Absolutely. (laughs) That's always a way.
3: That's always what happens. Right. So, um, and you know, there are, there are also some things you can do. There are some poison safety kit kind of ideas out there too, that, um, you can get some things like, you know, hydrogen peroxide and, um, you know, maybe a, a bulb syringe, some um, some eye, saline eye solution, an artificial tear gel. There are some things you can put together, like some gloves and tweezers um, that you could put together also if you want to be able to kind of have a little kit just in case something should happen. Um, or, you know, at least at the very least, make sure that you have those items readily available at your house, right? You never want to give your dog hydrogen peroxide. It usually does make them vomit. Um, but you want to do that at the um, at the suggestion of a vet, yes. right? You want your veterinarian to tell you what to do because um, they, it is very bad. It is also sometimes very hard to get your dog to do that. So, um, so you want to get their advice and be able to talk to your vet as soon as possible. You know, get anything away from your dog that they may have gotten into. Um, you know, and there, as much as you can know about what it is when you call the veterinarian, um, that's always very helpful to help them out what might be going on with your dog.
1: We're talking about making sure we keep our pets safe and prevent them from any poisoning or anything that could be a mishap that could take them to the emergency room or something horrible. Another thing is a key nutrition. It's so needed for our dogs to be healthy. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, you know, I I certainly, uh, I, I always talk about nutrition being that foundation of health. It's the one thing you need to do every day for your dog to be able to keep them healthy. And so finding a high quality food is very important. You are looking for a food that has um, a meat protein, a meat-based protein, so chicken, beef, fish as the first ingredient is very important. Um, and, you know, at Bill Jack, we actually use chicken, and chicken is our number one ingredient, and we use 25 pounds of chicken, fresh chicken, actually, to make our 30-pound bags of food, like, like our adult select, like our puppy. Um, we think it's really important to use that fresh chicken because we know that it has a lot of nutrition packed in it, and then we cook it gently to be able to help protect those nutrients all the way through until the food is actually prepared. So that's, that's really important. And then it also gives it a great taste. Um, nutrition is really fantastic, but only if you get to eat it, right? Exactly. It doesn't work. It doesn't work if the dog's not eating it. So we, we really feel like it's very important to have food that is nutritious and that tastes good. And so, uh, that's, those are really kind of the, the key principles. And, uh, you know, it's 75 years for us that we've been in business this year and, it's just really um, it's really phenomenal to talk to a lot of the pet parents who have had their dogs, um, you know, for a long, for many years, you know, like like you've had in the fall of, mm-hmm. so many of our people have um, really been feeding Bill Jack for a long time and it's great to hear how they've had great success and results with that. Um, it just is a really, it's an honor to be a part of their lives.
1: Well, we're so glad you're a part of our life. I mean, you've given us such great health information and information on all different things. It, with Bill Jack, you guys walk the walk and talk the talk. So, where can the listeners learn to more about Bill Jack, where they can get it? I know that there's, um, that there's a lot of ways that they can get uh, Bill Jack online. They can go through Chewy and the website so maybe you could give, and also my favorite newsletter where you learn a lot.
3: <laughs> yeah, we' know. come out to our website. it's billjack.com. It's dot ccom and we have uh, places where you can sign up for our best friends called Newsletter. It comes once a month we have some offers in there that you can sign up for, and we can mail you out a coupon. always good to have some savings mm-hmm. around. Uh, we have a lot of information on the website about uh, any product that you want to learn about. You can find out about any um, – you can also find our store locator. So if you're not sure where to get Bell Jack near you, like you were saying, you know, we're available at PetSmart and at Chewy Online. Uh, we're available at Pet Supplies Plus. But we're, there's so many different stores depending on where you live. The best place to go is out to the store finder to find that. And then we've got some great articles out there. So if you want to learn how to train your, we've got some really great training tips from Joel Silverman. We also have uh, a lot of great articles out there just so you can learn more about your dog and, and caring for your dog. So that's um, that's really what the, what our website has been all about. And so come out and join us. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Twitter and Pinterest, if you want to join us there too. So lots of lots of ways to be able to easily get information from Bill Jack about how to take care of your, your best friend.
1: Well, Kim, thank you for being our guest today and for sharing such valuable and timely and very important information on pet poison awareness and prevention. I think that we all walked away. Each time I talk to you, I tend to pick up something new. So I write down in my notes, I put a star next to it because it's something I didn't know. So I always walk away with something new. So I thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone.
0: That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.